0: Welcome to the Confab. I'm Eric Felton. This is where the editors and writers of the Weekly Standard get together to talk about what's in the magazine, what's in the news, and whatever else may be on our minds. Fred Barnes is here to give us chapter and verse on how the Republicans are screwing up. And then Ethan Epstein is coming by to talk about the fallout from the strange and mysterious sonic assault on the U.S. Embassy in Cuba. All that coming up on the Confab. Oh, the Confab is very happy to welcome to the Confab studio Mr. Fred Barnes, executive editor of the Weekly Standard. Hi, Fred. Hi.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Glad to see you. So this weekend at WeeklyStandard.com, um, you're writing about the many, many problems besetting the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go through a few of these.
1: Well, I would note in the beginning, they're almost all self-imposed. <laughs> The Republicans inflict wounds on themselves. Yes, starting at the top with uh, Donald Trump, the president, who who seems to like nothing better than attacking by tweets uh, the people who either work for him or members of Congress in his party. Uh, It's an odd way to exert presidential leadership.
0: And yet for all the fact that there is a Republican president, You say that uh, the first problem for Republicans is no one is in charge in Washington.
1: Well, no one is. I mean, look at uh, Trump. Uh, I mean, he's in charge sometimes uh, of doing things, but never for the whole party, the whole administration. That's not the way he operates. I think he's he's obviously— ADD, uh, attention deficit <laughs> disorder. Look, a lot of I've always thought most politicians uh, suffer from that. One, one uh, example of it is they don't read books. You know, right. they Although it read, can work to your advantage, read,
0: it, which is you get a setback, you kind of bounce on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, uh, but it accumulates. These setbacks accumulate, and then, uh, and you suffer. You can only. Uh, and have so many setbacks without uh, people who are involved with you politically, ideologically, or just plain citizens of the, of the United States, does, does start to get upset. So
0: one of the things people are upset about is that uh, Congress doesn't seem to be able to get anything done. And yet they've come painfully close on multiple times to mm-hmm. getting things done. And Donald Trump wasn't able to get them over the mm-hmm. goal line. And mm-hmm. you, you, you say that The second problem besetting the Republicans is that the president is not capable of persuading or twisting arms to win votes.
1: And those are two different things uh, with the same end in mind, and that's uh, uh, having success with the Republican agenda. Uh, Let's start with the first one. What is presidential power? You remember the famous book by Richard Neustadt Neustadt at Harvard University? I actually met him once when I was a Neiman Fellow at Harvard. This is a a number of years ago. But the book came out um, nearly 60 years ago with a very simple definition of presidential power. And he wrote that presidential power is the power to persuade now, if you see Trump's speeches or his tweets or any uh, or any communication, they don't try to persuade. They assert, they accuse, they denounce, uh, they brag, but uh, there's no effort to persuade, even on the current issue where presidential persuasion is needed, and that's tax reform.
0: What's interesting about Neustadt's book about presidential leadership and mm-hmm. it being the power to persuade is he argued – that that a president to be successful has to not just be persuading lawmakers to go along with him or persuading voters to to support him. But he argued that a president has to always be looking to persuade his own staff to support (laughs) him. They can make or break him. And Mm -hmm. if they're not persuaded, by the president's agenda and and the things that he's pursuing, um, he's going to be sunk. And we've seen a lot of backbiting Mm. in this administration, which suggests that he's failed to persuade his own people on too many occasions.
1: Indeed. And that's a good point. Of course, Richard Newstaff, uh, a new stat uh, had been a staffer in the Truman administration. And and while I don't believe he was disloyal to Truman, I think he learned a lot uh, that went into that book that still read. You know, I, I hadn't read that book until about, oh, I don't know, 15 years or so many years after it came out. I certainly knew about it. But it's a book. Presidential power that's relevant today, and uh, I'm sure there are staffers uh, in the Trump White House who've read it and and must be appalled at uh, at the president. They they can still be <laughs> loyal to him, uh, but appalled the way uh, at his speeches. For instance, I went back and read President Reagan's great speech in in late July of 1981. Uh, touting the, the the tax cut uh, that was later passed, oh, a week or two later. It was a speech to the nation. It was long. It had a lot of details. It was an argument. It tried to persuade not only uh, Congress, but the American people that this was the way to go. And, if, and, and he persuaded so many, they shut down the phones because so many people were calling in, responding to Reagan. Now, Trump tried that in a speech in Indiana a couple weeks ago when he was beginning the push for his uh, uh, tax reform bill. And I I don't think I read anything at all about the phones being The switchboards were were fine. Yeah.
0: So the problems aren't just from the top. The problems Mm -hmm. aren't just the responsibility of President Trump. But as you suggest, there are also self-indulgent members Mm -hmm. of Congress, not team players.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm big on politics uh, being a team sport, and parties need to be uh, need to be united. Now, was there a particular reason? I mean, an overriding reason uh, for. Uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska, to vote against, repeal and replace of Obamacare, something she she talked about doing uh, for years, but then she couldn't vote to do that. I mean, did she have to? Was there some big reason? Uh, Well, she didn't let uh, let on if there is one. Ultimately, uh, uh, John McCain, a very uh, heroic uh, a senator, someone I've known a long time and like, all of a sudden voted against uh, repeal and replace, too, which he'd voted for uh, on an earlier repeal and replace bill. And yet was there some overriding reason? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, look, they can vote that way, but but three Republican senators uh, defeated uh, the 51 other Republican said, "Number the forty-nine other Republican senators, um, just for reasons which didn't seem compelling or large."
0: Whose job was it to persuade them?
1: Well, now that's a great point. Uh, I know you've been around uh, Washington a while, and and have heard this uh, said many times, and that is when there's a close a, a, a close vote on a big issue, the president can step in and and uh, persuade uh, that person to go with with the president's party and his agenda and his legislation. So far as I know, Trump one no republican senator gotten zero votes uh with all the time he spent uh, with republican senators he had 49 of them in for lunch at the white house now that's not a way to persuade them when you get up and say well you got to vote for this that doesn't do it that's uh and and yet none of this is a secret uh, as we as we talked about Richard Neustadt's book, uh, was 60 years ago practically. Uh, it's been read by uh, I'm sure anybody who majored in political science or a lot of other uh, things too uh, in the in, 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 for decades. Maybe somebody should put a new cover
0: on the book that says the art of presidential deal. Yeah, and, well, that'd be a good idea. And because flip it on the bed table for the president.
1: Would, and and the ultimate uh, thing here, my ultimate conclusion is that Republicans have trouble governing, and but they're very good at winning elections. Uh, and Democrats are terrible uh, in elections unless they have some gigantic candidate like Barack Obama.
0: I wonder, though, the Republicans are great at winning elections and then poor at governing. Is it that they renounce their principles when they get to Capitol Hill? Or is something else going on where... Their principles end up just not allowing for them to make the compromises that are necessary to um, get legislation to happen. So, is it that they are hypocritical and unprincipled
1: or too principled by half? <laughs> They're, I would not call them unprincipled. Uh, some of them are too principled. I mean, take uh, uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. He won't. Uh, vote for any repeal and replace of Obama bill unless it completely gets rid of all, of all parts of Obama and we start from uh, ground zero. Uh, and yet that will never pass. There's no chance of it passing whatsoever. It cannot become law. So he votes against all these, even though what does that mean? It means he's preserving Obamacare. And yet, Try to explain that him that to Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, and which I'm sure his colleague Mitch McConnell, uh, the Senate Republican leader, has tried to do, and yet uh, it, it doesn't get anywhere. So some of these conservatives are, are uh, I think, mindlessly uh, over principled or insistent about their principles. If you didn't make compromises, if you if you didn't. Uh, think of your party as a team, uh, then it's going to cause problems. Democrats think of themselves as a team. Most Republicans don't.
0: And one reason Democrats have trouble winning elections is that they aren't conservative. Successful Democrats seem to go to great lengths to Mm. make themselves out to be more conservative than they actually are, perhaps less Mm. liberal than they actually are. And
1: sometimes it works. And, but a lot of times it doesn't, you know, and they died, d- d- divide up the party between uh, identity groups. You know, well, now here we have the feminists and let's see, here we have the African-Americans and over here are the Hispanic. Oh, and then they're the union people. We can't, you know, and there are all these slots. It's, uh, uh, they're pretty di- d- divided. The truth is, though, when it comes to being in the minority trying to thwart Trump and Republicans in Washington now, they're doing a pretty good job.
0: What's your prediction on tax reform? Are Republicans going to finally get their act together? Or are they going to fall apart yet again?
1: Well, I worry about them falling apart again because and, – and this time they're really organized. Uh, the White House, the Treasury Department, and Republican leaders in Congress, uh, particularly the people uh, – the Republicans who are the uh, – know a lot about taxes. Paul Ryan, the speaker, is one of those. Um, so they look like they're primed and have the votes. Cutting taxes is the essential Republican issue, and yet it could fall apart. It wouldn't take many Republicans insisting— Rand
0: Paul insisting that it's not a flat tax, and without a
1: flat tax, (laughs) he's not voting for it. I think there may be other issues like that, but that's a perfect example, and so Republicans could lose it. They really ought to win this, Uh, and I think they have a better than 50-50 chance of doing so, but not much better than 50-50. Uh, we'll see. If they can't win this, then uh, uh, they, <laughs> I think some of them need to look for new careers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fred Barnes, thanks for joining us on the CONFAB.
1: I always enjoy being on the CONFAB.
0: And now joining us on the Confab, Associate Editor Ethan Epstein. Ethan, welcome. Thank you. You're here to talk about Cuba policy. What's Cuba. Can, can we say Cuba or do we have to say Cuba?
2: I'm going to say Cuba, Cuba. just because it's fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's it's mandatory, but it sure is fun.
0: All right. Well, it's the only fun thing going on with regard to Cuba True. policy at the moment, which is the U.S. just... Um, kicked out fifteen Cuban Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, I told diplo- you it's fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just kicked out fifteen island uh, <laughs> diplomats um, in what has been a baffling uh, and long standing issue that has marred this effort to normalize relations between the us and Cuba. Yes.
2: So, um, as our listeners probably remember, it was just a couple of years ago that we even reestablished our diplomatic relations with Cuba. There was a very long. You said Cuba. Well, I know. I'm. I. You know. I. I want to keep a straight face while giving this. <laughs> uh, this little soliloquy. So I'm just going to go with <laughs> okay. Cuba. Um, uh, it was only a couple of years ago that we even reestablished diplomatic ties. There was a, you know, basically a five decade deep freeze. Um, the President Obama, towards the end of his uh, his reign. Um, uh, attempted to get a detente going. And part of that was the reestablishment of diplomatic ties. So we reopened our embassy in Havana. They opened reopened their embassy here. Things seemed to be going okay for a couple of years ago until this year where our diplomats, and not exclusively our diplomats, some Cuban diplomats, or I'm sorry, some Canadian diplomats.
0: Right. Who have long been
2: on happy terms. With that's the right. Cubans. Yep. They experienced the same thing too. And it
0: was, it appears to be some sort of audio attack on the diplomats the diplomats were suffering dizziness yes hearing loss and perhaps
2: nausea all sorts of irreversible hearing loss yeah that's that's the the sickest part of this is it appears to have permanently damaged these people's hearing and uh i can speak a little confessionally now i actually have tinnitus myself and i i know what a horrible affliction that is so this is actually a pretty serious attack on these people
0: now, if the CIA knows exactly what was the cause of this affliction, they're not letting on at this point.
2: Nobody is. So th- the Cuban government is actually denying any involvement in it whatsoever. Uh, we're not, We're playing our, clo- our cards pretty close to the vest, too. But I think it's a tell that we've both removed some of our diplomats and kicked some of theirs out. That suggests to me that we actually know about some right.
0: involvement on their part. And short of actually accusing the Cuban government of uh, malicious behavior, the U.S. instead has accused the Cuban government of not sufficiently protecting the health of American Precisely. diplomats. Precisely.
2: And I mean, that's actually a reasonable course of action to take because it's the responsibility of the host country to protect diplomats. As you know, our offices, for example, right by the, uh, the residence of the Russian ambassador, and that home is guarded uh, by U.S.
0: personnel. I mean, that's just part of the arrangement that you have. What's the best guess at this point about what actually did the hearing damage and dizziness and other other uh, afflictions of the U.S. personnel? Uh, it's it's
2: unclear. Uh, you mean like what tool itself?
0: You know, there seems to be some assumption that this was a listening device that was employing sonic waves exactly. of some sort. And that uh, perhaps it was not intended to cause damage to American diplomats, but it was a powerful tool Correct. that the Cuban agents did not exactly know how to use without it, causing damage. That'll
2: teach them to buy, you know, Belarusian and Moldovan spy equipment or something. <laughs> no, it's... It, it Certainly, that seems possible. Although I would note that... The attacks seem to coincide around the uh, with the around the time that President Trump announced that he was actually going to backtrack on some of Obama's uh, pro Cuba moves. So there, so there could be an aspect of retaliation. Right yeah. So what comes next? Well, uh, you know, as with Cuba, usually the fifty year pattern is no change happens next. I mean, it's an utterly sclerotic regime. Uh, I think the problem, you know, I I understood the logic of Obama trying to change the calculus, given that 50 years of embargo had not gotten Cuba to change. However, I think that uh, we had a little more leverage than we could have used. We should have pressed the Cuban government to make reforms to make those changes. Hopefully we'll see the Trump administration do that. And if not, I think we're going to go back into deep freeze.
0: Well, let's hope the American diplomats heal and that their hearing is not permanently damaged. And in the meantime... Uh, be on the lookout for uh, sonic-wielding Cuban agents. Cubans. yes, Cuban. exactly. Cuban agents. Exactly. Ethan Epstein, associate editor of The Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on The Confab. Thanks so much. That's it for The Confab this week. Be sure to tune in to The Confab every week. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.